Welcome to Newest Latest Best, the quick daily show to keep you in the know with all of the newest information, latest releases, and the very best that games have to offer. I'm Jeff Kanata, and today is Friday, February 2nd, 2018. A new trailer dropped for the highly anticipated Far Cry 5 in advance of its release in just a few weeks. And along with that new trailer, some interesting new information about the Far Cry 5 Season Pass. The Far Cry 5 Season Pass will be made available as part of the Gold Edition or as a separate purchase. And it consists of three very interesting sounding pieces of content. The first is called Hours of Darkness, and it's described this way. Players will travel back in time to Vietnam to battle against Viet Cong soldiers. The second one is called Dead Living Zombies. Players will face hordes of zombies in multiple B-movie scenarios. And the third one is called Lost on Mars. Players will leave Earth behind to go toe-to-toe or toe-to-claws with Martian arachnids. So yeah, they're going crazy. They're doing that Far Cry thing to Far Cry 5. Far Cry 5, of course, set in America, in the Midwest, and very grounded in reality. And that the DLC is just going bonkers. Going to Vietnam, going to zombies, going to Mars. I love this. This is very much keeping in tradition with what Far Cry has done in the past with, for example, Far Cry Blood Dragon, which was the full conversion mod to Far Cry 3 that kind of made it into this crazy 80s action movie with neon aesthetic, just really wildly inventive and and outside the box. And I love that Far Cry 5 is going to be doing something very similar. Certainly much more interesting, I think, than just adding more content to what is already a giant open world game. These games are so big and so vast that adding just more stuff to do in them sometimes isn't particularly interesting. But when you have a season pass that offers wildly different play styles, wildly different milieus, wildly different approaches inside the same engine with the same kind of uh, mechanics, I think that's much more interesting, much cooler, and uh, much more attractive for me as a consumer. I'm more more likely to get a season pass thinking that I can play this kind of game in these uh, wild other scenarios than I would just adding more content to the open world. And speaking of Far Cry 3, which is sort of the, I think, inspiration for where this has gone, Far Cry 3 Classic Edition has also been announced alongside Far Cry 5. Far Cry 3 Classic Edition will be a remaster re-release of Far Cry 3 on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. It's a standalone product that'll come out this summer after Far Cry 5, but it's also part of the Season Pass bundle for Far Cry 5, and those who buy it as part of their Season Pass will get access to Far Cry 3 Classic Edition four weeks early. So uh, that's pretty cool, I think. If you like Far Cry and maybe missed Far Cry 3 or want to revisit that world of Far Cry 3, 
It's coming out again on modern consoles, and you'll get it alongside Far Cry 5 if you buy the season pass. Now, Far Cry 2, for me, is the one. Far Cry 2, I think, is still the high watermark for the Far Cry series. It's still my favorite of the Far Cry games. I'm hoping 5 finally surpasses it in my estimation, but for me, Far Cry 2, the one that took place on the plains of Africa, is still my favorite. I put so many hours in that game. I really, really loved it. And uh, 3 and 4 were variations on that gameplay theme. I think they was really worried departure from the first game and much more in keeping with the the concept that Far Cry 2 established. But I think Far Cry 2 still does it best. So I wish the, uh, I wish the update and re-release we were getting was Far Cry 2. But Far Cry 3, Classic Edition, coming as a standalone product, uh, and part of the Season Pass bundle, which is a pretty, pretty interesting one. Far Cry 5 releases March 27th on Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Windows PC. A popular and well-known face at Sony is stepping down. Many gamers will be very familiar with Kaz Harai, who has served as president and CEO of Sony for the last six years. He took over that position in 2012 from Howard Stringer, and he is stepping down from that role. He will continue to serve at Sony as a chairman and sit on the board of directors, but he is officially, quote, passing the baton to Kenichiro Yoshida, who is currently the executive deputy president and chief financial officer of the company. According to Variety, he made the decision uh, partly as a result of being, quote, worn down from constantly traveling as CEO and from a desire to spend more time with his family. Many gamers, of course, are very familiar with Kaz because he was uh, the face of the PlayStation for many years, even even before he was CEO of Sony, he was the face of the games division uh, for PlayStation since 2006 and the launch of PlayStation 3. Many notable appearances at E3 press conferences, which turned into some pretty memorable and widespreading memes, including Ridge Racer and 599 US dollars when the PlayStation 3 was announced. Kaz Harai uh, was really the guy who shepherded PlayStation through a uh, a rocky period when it faced off against Xbox 360 and back to dominance through PlayStation 4. So it's sad to see him go. I know a lot of gamers have really fond memories of Kaz. He was always uh, a very genial figure, and it'll be interesting to see if his successor is as front-facing and public. Okay, I want to talk a little bit more now about Monster Hunter World. I've been playing this game, and I'm hooked on it. Hopefully you guys have been listening to the show, and you heard my initial impressions. This is my first Monster Hunter, and I am just completely hooked. I'm loving it. That gameplay loop, very MMO-feeling gameplay loop of getting better loot to take down bigger monsters to get better loot to take down bigger monsters. It just works for me. I love the environment. I think the systems are really slick. Everything feels quick, and it, it, it just it all works together really, really strongly. But the reason I want to bring it up again today is because last night I took down my first Anjanath. And if you're not playing Monster Hunter World, 
You might not know what that is, but it's basically the big Tyrannosaurus Rex-looking dinosaur in Monster Hunter World. It's a little different than a Tyrannosaurus Rex because it has a big sort of fin thing that can deploy, and it can also breathe fire, which I'm pretty sure a Tyrannosaurus Rex couldn't. Eh, maybe. Maybe we just haven't discovered that yet, but pretty sure it didn't breathe fire. Either way, it looks a lot like a Tyrannosaurus Rex, and it's big, and it's scary, and it's powerful, and it can kill you real quick. And I finally got to the quest where you have to take one down. Admittedly, very still early in the game. I'm about, I don't know, eight hours invested into Monster Hunter World at this point. But for me, this was a big moment because the Anjanath had killed me a few times just wandering around the world. It's an emergent, unpredictable environment where these creatures just behave on their own and interact with the world. And if you come face-to-face with one, you got to run away or hide or fight them. Uh, but uh, I had I had run into an Anjanath a few times as a low-level character, and had just gotten my butt spanked. So it was cool that the game built me up to a point where it was now time to take on the Anjanath. I am maining the bow, and I had leveled up my bow. I got me a water bow, the aqua bow that shoots water, and uh, which is very useful against an Anjanath that breathes fire. And uh, my little palico, my little my little kitty cat, and I ventured off into the big scary jungle to fight us an Anjanath. You have to track the monster by looking at its footprints. You accumulate enough research points that those footprints will become much more apparent, and it's easier to track that dinosaur. And you finally get your eyes on him. He's big and ferocious and scary. And I started attacking him, and what an incredible experience. Really, the process of taking down that first Anjanath for me is one of the highlights of my gaming life. It really was that cool a moment that it will stand out as a memory for me. The whole process took about 40 minutes, and that's just me taking on one monster, one big, I guess you could call it a boss fight, but it's really the way Monster Hunter works. You take down these big monsters. I did it by myself. I didn't have any online help, uh, mostly because the Xbox servers were borked and I couldn't get on, but... It was a thrilling adventure over 40 minutes of me fighting it in different areas, it retreating away into a new area, me retracking it through the jungle, getting to a new spot. There was a point where we climbed up this large outcropping and it kind of was on this nest that had a, a sort of spongy, cushiony surface that was, a, was very unpredictable and scary for me to deal with. Uh, there was a part where it, it I had heard it so much that it ran back to its nest and tried to go to sleep to heal up, and I tracked it back and then attacked it. It was thrilling. There was a moment where I shot something from the ceiling, and it came crashing down on the head of the Anjanath. There was a point where other dinosaurs got into the fight and started attacking it alongside me, and then I was worried that I was going to aggro all of them, and it was going to get into this big mess, and I was going to die. 40 minutes of just this unpredictable, ever-evolving one fight. And I've never had anything quite like that. It was a really, really cool moment and another reason why I'm just falling in love with Monster Hunter World.